everybody, and welcome back to So It's Come to This, a Simpsons Family Podcast. Although that being said today, um, I guess uh, we have our, we are missing a few people, so we're not our full family today. Uh, the kids are being a little lame today. Uh, Brendan said he's got a bunch of stuff going on because his musical is coming up, and Kaylin is feeling a little under the weather today, so it's just going to be Corey and I, so sorry, you have to deal with us. I am the father, Brian. Jesus. Are you pointing to me? Pointing to you. Of course you are, because I'm the only one here. I'm Corey. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm the mother, but the kids aren't here, so I'm just Corey. But happy 10-year anniversary. We've been together for a decade, guys. That is true. We have. So you can blame that uh, first date on uh, this podcast happening because it happened after that. Um, Also, I would like to say, just so it's on record still, uh, because you took it out of the last podcast, I can still get Tom and Jerry at Schwabbles, and um, you're going to take me there next weekend. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I've never been there, but uh, yes, I did say that I would take you next weekend. So, But he cut it out of the last podcast when I said we should go, because he doesn't really want to take me. Well, to be fair, I had to cut a lot out of the last podcast, because as you probably listened, it was a long one, and it was much, much longer before I cut it down. So that was one of the things that also, uh, was on guys, the chopping block. Also, don't be lame. Um on our social media page, which our Facebook page is, so it's come to this A Simpsons Family podcast, we asked if any of you would like a romper room shout out, and no one responded. I see you there lurking about, liking stuff, but not really liking stuff, just kind of keeping us at a distance. Every once in a while, someone makes a snide comment here or there, but no one wants a shout out, huh? Well, I'm just going to keep making up ridiculous people. It's going to get more and more ridiculous until one of you says, I'd like a shout out. And Brian, I blame you because I had two friends in high school. One of them, Susie. One of them doesn't listen to podcasts. (laughs) I mean, it's your friends, basically. All of my friends I say hi to. Well, and we also have some some other people out there, too, that have kind of come out of the woodworks, too, that you've been giving shout outs to, so... Do you mean T.J. Miller? Yes, T.J. Miller. He, he did like a comment of mine on Twitter. Yes, Corey was so very excited about that. So I feel like T.J. and I are, you know, he could legitimately listen to our podcast. You know, it could also be his handlers. It might not necessarily be T.J. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> but we'll just say that uh, very it's soon. It's T.J. Very soon he'll actually be commenting on our stuff directly. Well, he won't mind if I give him a shout out. Unlike you people. <laughs> I'm alienating a whole bunch of people. Yeah, Sorry. maybe you should stop doing that. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So, but as was mentioned already, yes, we do have some social media uh, presence, and one of them is on Facebook, which Corey mentioned already. You can find us uh, just by typing in, so it's come the number to this, or if you want to uh, search for the entire uh, title of this podcast, of course, you could do that as well. And don't just lurk. Say stuff, because when we see you lurking, I think... What's what's going on with you? What's what's your deal? That's a little creepy. Well, you're lucky I don't reach out to them via messenger. Hello, I see you lurking on our Facebook page. How come you don't say anything to me? And our listenership is dropping as we speak. <laughs> but not Tim. I think Tim 
Tim's in it to win it. He's in for the long haul. He is. Uh, Our cat's here, though. Yes, he is. He's walking He's around. He's here. He's feeling good. So um, He's got a shaved butt. He does. Why don't you tell us about that before oh, I continue man. on with our social media. Oh, man. Dean. He is fine, guys. The UTI is cleared up. Um, the unfortunate thing is because he's a bit chunky, um, he can't clean his nether regions as well as cats who aren't chunky can. So Brian had to take poor Dean to the vet and they, they shaved his little booty. They did. But, but he feels much better yep, now. And it's keeping him much cleaner. So And he's on diet cat food. We're going to try to get him to exercise. He just doesn't want to. And who can blame him? It's a lot of work to exercise. Ugh, I was supposed to go to the gym this morning. Ask me if I did. She didn't. I didn't. I had nachos and I'm drinking wine now. So me and Dean are both chubby people. <laughs> Well, to each their own, right? Right, Dean. All right, so continuing on, we do have some other social media, too. Um, We can also be found on Twitter at... It's come the number two, this pod. Sorry. Nobody can seem to get that right. It's no wonder we have no followers on there. Well, we have a few now, don't we? Susie, Mike, Maurice, (laughs) Carl. (laughs) And on Instagram, you can find us on so it's come to this underscore pod. So now that we have that out of the way. Susie, Mike, Maurice. (laughs) So let's move on. And so let's talk about a few of the things. Obviously, a few things we're going to be scrapping today. Um, Since Kaylin isn't here, we will not be having our useless weather update, unfortunately. Because I don't feel like either of us could really deliver the the weather update the way that Kaylin can. Sorry, Patrick. So our apologies for that. But moving forward, um, I do have some Simpsons news today, which I'm going to start calling this segment... Eye on Springfield. And for anybody that's super clever. Anybody that's watched the show, you probably have seen that that is a segment uh, new show that is hosted by Kent Brockman. Kent Brockman, that's right. Do you even Simpsons, bro? (laughs) So, yes, it's hosted by Kent Brockman. And um, so, for those of you that do know the show, you can probably hear the song in your head right now for rights so we don't get sued. Um, We're not going to put that in here. So, all right. So, a little bit of news. This photograph. (laughs) So a little bit of news that I discovered this week about The Simpsons. Uh, so the first thing is, and Corey's very excited about this, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Silence. That's uh, that's the thing that happens every year, I think. Does it happen every year? Every year. I go to Susie. We go to Susie's every year. Yep. So that's what's happening in the background? That's what's happening. Ah, I thought it was just going to eat Shane's food. I mean, that's, that's the best part about it. <laughs> but, um... There, obviously, once this is released, the Super Bowl will probably be over, but we're recording this before the Super Bowl. And there is another mention that... Per- prediction! San Francisco! Okay. All right, there it is. You heard it here first. So, but also... talking about. You're going along with um, one of the... Obviously, a lot of people have figured out that The Simpsons, over the years, people have said that The Simpsons has predicted the future on many occasions. So a, some users have figured out that this may have happened again. And um, I saw the report. It was actually being reported in Kansas City, who, of course, is one of the cities that is uh, participating in the Super Bowl this year. And they said that in 1999, there was a Simpsons episode that was called... Just need to look it up. You know, I heard Kansas City has some crazy loony women there, and I'm gonna get me one. That's a song, kids. 
It's called Kansas City. So the episode is called Sunday Cruddy Sunday, and it was an episode from 1999. And in this episode, Homer meets Wally Kogan, and who is a travel agent, and they end up, Homer and his band of merry men, end up going to the Super Bowl in Miami. So while they're there, they actually don't get into the Super Bowl because they have counterfeit tickets and this and that, but then of course they go through a whole adventure and what ends up happening at the end of the episode is they actually end up in the winning team's locker room. So that winning team, again it's in Miami, that comes running into the locker room are wearing red jerseys and gold pants. So for anybody that knows anything about uh, football, you know that that is the San Francisco 49ers jerseys. And so people are saying that perhaps the Simpsons has once again predicted the future. So I guess we will see if that happens or not. They could go all the way. They could go all the way. I don't know who could go all the way, but they could. Someone. So um, another uh, news uh, thing that I found, which was very exciting to, to Corey and I, was uh, Kevin Smith. The director slash oh, yeah, actor. that was exciting. I thought you were going to say something. I was going to be like, that's not exciting no. at all. So we found out that earlier this week, Kevin Smith actually recorded his voice as a character on The Simpsons. Um, so he is going to be in a future episode where he is actually going to be playing himself in that episode. So that is kind of exciting for him. He was very excited about it. And of course, Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith, posted all over his social media talking about how excited he was about it. Um, So Kevin Smith was quoted as saying, The Simpsons are in my creative DNA, and I've spent my career trying to ape their blend of humor and heart. So when I received the invitation to voice a Simpsonized version of me, I wept tears of joy. Carolyn Omni is the Emmy-winning writer of the episode, as well as my way into my favorite show of all time. When Homer called Maggie Silent Bob in Three Gays in a Condo, I thought that was the closest I'd ever come to Springfield. But thanks to Carolyn, now I get to speak to hashtag Homer Simpson himself. Eternal thanks to Carolyn, everyone writing on the show, the recording engineers, and all the way more famous people who probably passed on this part, allowing Carolyn to go way down on the list to find my name. I told the kids in the writer's room I didn't care if I was first, second, or third choice. I was just ecstatic to be there. The head writer joked, you are our final choice. So finally, after being a fan for 35 seasons, I'm going to be part of the Simpsons world. And it was all yellow. So, as mentioned here many times before, Simpsons is heading into its 31st season, or they're in their 31st season right now. So you might have said, well, why is he saying 35 seasons? Chris Hillman show. Yep, and he mentioned that on his... Um, Twitter account, and I think in his Facebook and things like that, he obviously had a much longer uh, description here, as anyone who knows Kevin Smith knows he likes to talk. Uh, So he had a very long thing about how great this was and everything. So he has said, you know, from the beginning, he's been a huge fan of the show. So congrats to Kevin Smith. Um, We um, are very excited to see the episode and see what they do with him. So, and the last item that I have here... Um, You may recall, if you've been listening, that a while back we had some discussion about uh, the character of Apu and Hank Azaria and his uh, portrayal of Apu. And we talked about the um, documentary that came out that was called The Problem with Apu. It was a good documentary. It was by Hari 
Condabolo. I think I probably said that wrong. Condabolo. He's not a he's not a listener. So, um, but yeah, he he had the documentary about it, basically saying that there were some issues with it, and during the time of this coming out, of course, this was uh, quite a while ago. Hank Azaria was kind of talking about it, felt uncomfortable about it, didn't really know what to say about it. But to th- this week, it actually came out that he was saying that um, he did an interview with a source, which was a Backslash Film, which is an industry news blog. And they reported on Friday, they asked Hank Azaria about the matter after a discussion panel. And he said, and I quote, all I know is that I won't be doing the voice anymore unless there's some way to transition it or something. So Hank Azaria appears to be stepping away from the voice of Apu. Um, he also said what they're going to do with the character is their call. Um, it's up to them, and they haven't sorted out yet. We've all agreed. All we've agreed upon is that I won't do the voice anymore. So after hearing this, um, he said the decision to remove Azaria from voicing up who was a mutual decision, and he said that they all agreed on it, and they all feel like it's the right thing to do, and they feel good about it. So after this, um, Hari Kondabolu, and again, if I'm saying that wrong, my apologies, um, did respond back to that, and he said that he hopes The Simpsons keeps up who and lets a very talented writing staff do something interesting with him. Um... So yeah, a lot of what he talked about during the documentary was just the fact that, you know, Apu was kind of based on stereotypes and things like that, and um, during that time he was basically just kind of pointing out some of those stereotypes and saying that he was hoping that maybe there'd be some changes to that. So um, it seems like those changes will be happening. Of course, we don't know exactly what's going to be happening um, with that. And I'm excited to kind of see where they're going to go with it and without Hank Azaria. So we'll see where it goes. All right. So from that, what about news and views? You got anything first? I mean, I, I didn't really look because I just saw the saddest thing. Um, I'm not a sports person, but I know sports enough to know that this guy's a big deal. And that is Kobe Bryant. He played for the Lakers, which is a basketball team. I knew that. He's he died in a helicopter crash what? this morning. Yeah, really? forty-one years old. Gosh. Um. Yeah. I, there's not a lot of details at first. TMZ, of course, was the first outlet that released something, and because it's TMZ, people are like, "Are this is this a hoax?" And it's not. Five people, um, including Kobe, were on the helicopter, and there were no survivors. Wow. The only good thing that comes of this is a lot of people were worried that Kobe's wife, Vanessa, was also on the plane. Now, if they were both on the plane, they would have left behind four little girls. But thankfully, she was not on the plane. I mean, it's awful because she's lost her husband and their kids have lost their dad, but at least she wasn't on it. So RIP to Kobe Bryant. He yeah. His last tweet was actually supporting LeBron James, who is another basketball player that I know, not personally, but I know of him. His last tweet was because LeBron James surpassed him in like 
basketball or something and he he sent out a tweet saying how much he supported LeBron James which is super classy and also very sad and I think the tweet said something like continue to bring the game forward which knowing what happened that's kind of spooky like but yeah it was it was in Calabasas, California, where they crashed, and because the helicopter crashed, and of course it caught on fire, and it started a small bushfire in Calabasas. Jeez, wow. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, it's very. R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. And did appear on The Simpsons once. Yeah. So that's I guess there's some relation to our show, but no, that's very sad news. I didn't actually hear that, and it just kind of goes back to. What was it? Earlier this week, we had another helicopter crash in Buffalo where there was a local businessman mm-hmm. who did a lot for the city to try to make the city uh, better and doing a lot of things named Mark Croce. And he was um, just killed in a helicopter crash as well. So, I mean, I guess the takeaway is don't charter helicopters. Yeah. So, oh, that is, yeah. that is rough news. 41 years old. And I think that's the worst part because... He's our age. Exactly. So, oh. Well, and that's why after I'm like, I can't look for any more news. Right. What am I going to do? Follow it up with Gigi Hadid? I still don't know who that is. <laughs> but R.I.P. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, no, that's very, very sad. Very sad. And, of course, the four other passengers right. who were on the plane with him. Right. And, obviously, you know, thoughts go out to his family and, you know, his wife and his kids having to deal with this because, obviously, it can't be easy. So, and from what I've heard, obviously I don't really follow basketball too much, but I've heard he was a very good guy and a lot of people really liked him. Did he have him. a school or was that LeBron James? They probably both do, to be honest. <laughs> I they, don't know about sports I've, I've heard people. They're, I've heard they're both very, very good people. Yeah. So, but yeah, very sad news. So yeah. sad to hear that. So, all right. Well, tough to transition from that, uh, but we'll do our best here. Um, so let's get right into discussing our episode this week. So this was my pick this week. So I don't know, maybe that's why the kids bowed out. That is why. They hate your pick. If you notice, they were all here for my pick. They were. Well, I do have to say, we watched the episode together last night, and they did seem to like it. At one point, Kaylin did say, hey, this was my favorite one so far that we've watched. So, but I guess, uh, you know. Things didn't quite align themselves this week. So. I told you it was going to happen. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get them the next time. Um, but moving on. So our episode this week is called... Oh, wait a minute. Before I do this, oh I totally God. forgot. We had an email this week. <gasps> so I should mention our email very quick. Oh, my God. And I forgot Romper Room. I was, I was so busy chastising the people for not wanting to be in the Romper Room mirror that I completely forgot about you it. You sure did. Do you want to do it now? I will. You pull up the email. I got it ready. So mirror, I have it out, and I'm looking in it, and I see Susie, and I see Mike, and there's Maurice over there. Hi, Jessica. Hello, Caleb. Timothy's right over there. Do you see him? I think I see. Okay, great. I have to squint, but I can see him. Okay. Um, who else do I see? I see Patrick. Who else is there? Teresa. Not London, because she doesn't listen. Um, I see TJ Miller, my friend. He's over near Teresa. They're hanging out. Uh, Cash, Richard Gear, 
Why? Because um, Hank Azaria, he listens. Okay. Hanky, I call Hanky. him. Hanky. Hanky Panky. He doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hardstark, my two best friends. They just don't know it. They know it. They just don't want to admit it. Um, yeah, I really had a bummer of a uh, news story. So now I feel sad, and I don't know what other ridiculous people to mention. Cole Sprouse. Oh, yes. Cole Sprouse. He's a listener. And I bet Dylan is, too, when he's making his mead. He's my favorite Sprouse twin, because he makes mead. Who's your favorite? I don't have one. You do, too. We've it's Cole. It's Cole. It's Cole Sprouse. He doesn't want to admit it. Huge Riverdale fan over here. Yep. Nope. I mean, that's that's all I have for the romper room mirror. I'm going to put it away, make sure it doesn't break, in case anyone else wants to be seen in it. I don't know. If you do, email us or use one of our social medias. Any of them. Guys, please. Do you think I like making up people that I tell people listen to this podcast? Because I don't. Is it fun for you? No. It's not fun for me. All right, moving I, on. I can't even think of people anymore. Moving on. Oh, you'll think of some people, I'm sure. I will. But so our email this week um, actually came to us from our friend Susie. Hi, Susie. So thank you, Susie, for your email. Um, so she didn't ask any questions or anything, but just had um, just a few comments to say to us. So I'd be remiss to not mention her, especially since she took the time to reach out to us through email. So thank you, Susie, for reaching out to us. Um, so we have, were talking a while back about Cats, the musical, and the um, theatrical production of Cats. And Susie says, first of all, Cats is nightmare fuel and an abomination. And she's not surprised that it's already been pulled. So um, thank you for that, Susie. She also did mention something about... Um, spoilers and being careful with spoilers so a few episodes back we had talked about the rise of skywalker and we basically gave people uh ample enough warning that we were going to be doing some spoilers about that but she brought up a good point saying that maybe you should wait a little bit before you start going into things like that to give people an opportunity to watch it because like she said she had watched it already but had she not she would have completely skipped that part and probably would have just stopped listening right there and then wouldn't have heard some of the other things especially as she mentioned Kaylin talking about her awesome wig for cosplay so in the last thing that she said we were talking a while back about Frasier possibly making a comeback and she said if Will and Grace can make a successful comeback so can Frasier Hell yeah, I could. So we shall see on that. So thank you, Susie, for reaching out to us. Thanks, Susie. And again, if anybody would like to reach out to us, that email is so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. Feel free to ask us some questions, give us some feedback. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Ben Schwartz is also listening. Oh. I bet he is. Well, because his mom is uh, Nancy Cartwright. Sure is. Okay. All right, so here Sorry. we go. We're going to focus in here on the episode. And the best part is, before we started recording, Corey's like, this is going to be a really short one. And I said, is it? Is it? Well, because I didn't have enough notes, because usually it's Brendan who is dominating the conversation. So I didn't have a lot of notes. And I feel like, oh, Dean, no. No, Dean. Right. Dean wants to pull the plug on this he is does. what's happening. He's looking like, at you guys are done. He's looking at the laptop plug like I could 
end all of their misery right now. All right, so here we go. Let's get into this here. Um, our episode for today is one of my favorites. I did have a few that I was toying with, and one of the reasons why I decided to choose this episode today was because, of course, during the monorail episode, the town of Shelbyville came up. And at one point, Lyle Landley says, well, you don't want this. It's more of a Shelbyville idea. And I know Brendan mentioned uh, during that, that's when... Um, Mayor Quimby jumps up and is like, oh no, we're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville and this and that. So that made me start to think, maybe we should talk about kind of the city of Shelbyville and the rivalry that Springfield and Shelbyville have against each other. So that being said, our episode this week is Lemon of Troy, which is from Season 6, Episode 24. It is production code 2F22. And it was originally shown on May 14, 1995. It was directed by Jim Reardon and written by Brent Forrester. Um, so some of the things that I found out about this episode, of course, before we jump into it, um, I found out that there were some other people that were on the writing staff, some names that people might recognize. Uh, the first one, David S. Cohen, who was the one of the... Um, main people involved with Futurama. I was going to say, it's Futurama. Yep. So, And also Greg Daniels, who was the creator of Parks and Rec and oh. The Office. So both of them were actually working on the show at one point, and they were involved in uh, the writing team for this particular episode. So before I jump in here and start getting in, a few Shelbyville facts. There are Shelbyville facts? There are some Shelbyville facts. All right, let's hear them. So uh, the, sh- the city of Shelbyville could be based on Shelbyville, Illinois, or it could be based on Eugene, Oregon, because Eugene and Springfield, Oregon are twin cities. And a lot of people have uh, started to guess that Springfield, even though it's never officially revealed, may actually be set in Oregon. Um well, Matt Groening's yep, from Oregon, right? Yep, I was Oregon, just going right? to say that. Yep, he's from there originally, and there's a lot of kind of hints and clues and things like that that go through um, as the series progresses that led people to believe that it could be in Oregon. Um, so Shelbyville in uh, the Simpsons world is west of Springfield. It was founded in 1796, 1796, and it was based on the belief that residents should be able to marry their cousins. So now, why is that, you would ask? Oh, my God. It's because they're so attractive. (laughs) So, of course, that is a comment from the episode that we're going to be getting into by Shelbyville Manhattan. I love that name. Yes, it's a great name. I love that name. So him and Jebediah Springfield uh, were starting to settle the area, and they were discussing of settling it and making the city, and that's why they split, because Shelbyville wanted the opportunity to marry his cousins, and, of course, Jebediah Springfield was appalled by that and said that that should not be the case. So they want a life of chastity and root marm. They are. Obviously, some of the things that have gone back and forth with their rivalry. At one point, Shelbyville created the world's largest pizza. And in response to that, Springfield burned down their city hall. <laughs> that's. I knew you would love that. <laughs> that's not, it's not aggressive at all. Um, at one really, point, who hasn't done, who hasn't went yeah. left eye Lopez on something? That's right. 
Um, at one point, uh, the residents of Springfield were concerned that Shelbyville was going to spike their water supply, and that did actually happen in an episode. Uh, Marge was having hallucinations after drinking some water. Um, the city has been destroyed twice. Once it was uh, destroyed by the Springfield residents when they were toppling a dismantled sunblocker, and as they were toppling that sunblocker, it fell onto the city and destroyed Shelbyville. Oh. Um, it was rebuilt after. And then in a later episode of The Simpsons, a nuclear bomb by a presumed terrorist was set off in Shelbyville. And that was an episode that featured Jack Bauer. So he came in to try to assure the people of Springfield everything was good. But the bomb went off, destroyed Shelbyville, and it is unsure if Shelbyville was ever rebuilt after that. Oh, no. So. In regards to that also, they do have some landmarks in Shelbyville. They have their own nuclear power plant. They have a Speedy Mart, not a Quickie Mart, a Speedy Mart. And that Speedy Mart, as we see in this episode, is actually, um, the proprietor is a Korean store owner, rather than an Indian store owner. Uh, There's a Joe's Tavern, not a Moe's Tavern. Joe looks just like Moe. He sure does, just with that long hair. Yeah. And um, at Joe's Tavern, they serve FUD beer i saw that f-u-d-d i have that in my notes you're sealing all my notes this is gonna be a super short episode and they serve fud beer despite being recalled after a large number of hillbillies went blind drinking it oh no maybe the hillbillies just went blind because they're hillbillies uh there's also a shelbyville theater district uh the simpsons did visit there in one episode there are yellow fire hydrants which as we will uh, note in this episode millhouse thinks is very strange there's a mini mall, a zoo, a Best Western Hotel. <laughs> There's a McDonald's. Um, at one point, um, Carl refers to going to a McDonald's, and everyone seems very confused of what he's talking about. And as far as nature, there's a rolling rock, which basically is like two large mountains, and there's a boulder in between that just keeps rolling back and forth. Oh, my God. And also there is uh, Shelbyville Falls. Um, so if you want to see some nice nature, you could go over to Shelbyville. And last uh, note I have about Shelbyville, as evidenced in this episode, Luann Van Houten, Milhouse's mother. Is from Shelbyville. Yep. yep. And um, it bothers Kirk very, very much that she's from there. So, All right, so let's get into our episode here. We've been waiting long enough. Uh, so we start off with the chalkboard gag. The First Amendment does not cover burping. That is correct. It does not. And our couch gag, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, little couch gag, uh, it was uh, the family runs in, and everything is in black and white, and they resemble 1930s cartoon characters, and they do like a stiff little dance and things like that. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Why didn't you like it? I I don't know. Like, Steamboat Willie, you know, the first Mickey Mouse. Oh, we're going to get sued. (laughs) We probably are. It's Disney. I probably shouldn't have said anything. Well, The Simpsons is Disney, so. I don't know. It it just, stuff like that freaks me out. I don't know. It, I love old-timey stuff, but old-timey cartoons, mm, I don't like it. Okay. I just don't. All right. To each their own, I suppose. I guess so. All right. Okay, so um, once we start getting into this episode here, we start off, Bart is uh, kind of skateboarding. And as he's skateboarding, he sees a sign for wet cement. (laughs) And as he says, is there any sweeter sign? Maybe high voltage. 
Um, and of course, he's tempted by this wet cement, and he decides that it's a good idea to write his name in the cement. He thinks that it's going to gain, gain him some notoriety in the future. Yes. So he's there's a bunch of people gathered around his signature, and they're wondering who Bart is, and they're saying he must be much smarter than his sister that we know nothing about. His sister Lisa that we know nothing yes. about, they say. And um, somehow they are able to bring Bart back. <laughs> and he is their god. Yes, and he becomes their god. <laughs> so very interesting um of course this is definitely the time where the simpsons gets a little a little crazy um and i mean that's really nothing compared to what they're yes they have done um one thing that i love before he gets to um the cement he almost gets distracted by professor frank flying by motorcycle yes the flying motorcycle whom we haven't really talked about yet he hasn't been in any of our episodes that we've discussed yet i love professor frank um he's a hilarious character frank professor frank he'll make you laugh he'll make you think think about the monkey (laughs) so yes um so yeah he goes by on a flying uh motorcycle and tries to get bart's attention but he's not um distracted by that as he wants to get to that um concrete i have um I have a sidebar. What's that? You know how they have Springfield in, like, um, Universal? They should have a Shelbyville next door that sells, like, FUD beer. That would be fun. Okay, go ahead. The I'm only sorry, thing I is, though, like, that. they probably won't... I don't think they would do that because very soon they're going to lose the rights to that. Um, actually, I shouldn't say very soon, but I think it's like in 10 years or something, they lose the rights, and who knows what will happen then. Listen, Disney literally owns everything that's yes. in Universal, so... Not Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, that's coming that's about soon. the only thing. Um, but, I mean, really, what... It oh, just they don't makes, own the Minions. It just makes... Well, I mean, maybe they're onto something there. Just makes Disney's pockets deeper. Yep. Okay, go ahead. All right, so back to the episode. Mart writes, or Mart, Bart, Bart writes his name in the concrete. And as he's doing it, Marge catches him. And Marge is very upset that he's doing this because he's defacing uh, something in their town. And she's very concerned because it appears that Bart does not have any town pride. Um, she does mention about their town and talking about how the river started on fire. Which, of course, was in fairly close to us within a few hours. Uh, in Cleveland, there was a river, the Cuyahoga River, which actually did start on fire. I think it was in the 1970s because mm-hmm. it was so badly polluted. So obviously, that's a little nod to that. And um, <laughs> this is one of those times, especially this era of The Simpsons, and we talked about this during the Monorail episode, was when they would use uh, the repeating voices so marge but they did it a little bit differently this time so so they're all sitting at the dinner table i believe it was and marge is talking to them all uh the family and talking to them about how they should have pride pride. in their town yep and she brings up she has a springfield isotopes hat and she talks about that and she says this town is a part of us all a part Part of us us all." all part Part of of us all all. (laughs) and she said i've said it multiple times so that way it'll be better for you to remember it and then bart of course is skateboarding away and then he starts to hear it again and he's like wow that really does work (laughs) part of us all a part of us all 
So thought that was funny. So yeah, so now Bart is kind of skateboarding on his way and looking at some things um, at the town. And he encounters two baseball players from Springfield Isotopes. And I thought this was interesting because there was no fence. Like, the ballpark literally just led out to the sidewalk. Yeah. And a ball uh, rolls by to Bart, and he picks it up. And he throws it at the one player, and he says to him, are you going to win some this season? And the guy says, we're going to try. And then he throws the ball, and it goes about four feet. (laughs) And he throws it how I would throw a ball. He's like, eh. eh. And it doesn't go far at all. So, very funny. Um, And then he has a little interaction with Nelson. And Nelson is fishing with a little green army man. And he has a large amount of fish, so he's doing very well for himself. And at this point, you know, you see it and you're like, wow, Nelson making good. Because if anybody knows about Nelson, you know, he's um, very, his family is very poor. He only has, he has a single mother and the things like that. We never see his father really. Um, So we're thinking, oh, maybe he's fishing for dinner. Didn't his dad go out for cigarettes and never come back? Of course he did. Papa? 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 So, but no, we find out the reason Nelson is catching these fish is because they're good at hooking at cars. And then he throws one. Yes, he does. Um, so then after that, now Bart uh, encounters Millhouse, who is there with, I believe it was Lewis? And they are making lemonade together. Yes. And um, as they're making the lemonade, uh, we see that Lisa has bought a glass, and she says it's not very good, but she felt bad it's for them. It's a pity lemonade. Yeah. And uh, I just love, at this point, uh, we realize that they're out of lemonade. And Millhouse says, I've squozen the last one. <laughs> love Millhouse. <laughs> so then they decide they need to go to the Springfield Lemon Tree, which, of course, up to this point, we have never heard anything about. But apparently it's a very big thing in Springfield. Um, so we see Bart and Millhouse running to the lemon tree. And as they're doing it, they're going through a whole very idyllic scene, a lot of nature. Didn't, didn't Bart say something about the numerous angel sightings in Springfield? Yes. What, what numerous angel sightings? Because I'm trying to think back, and I can't think of any. There's the one. Remember the one with the, the mall? No. And they're building a, a shopping mall. And what they do to try to drum up interest is they bury a angel skeleton, and Lisa discovers it, and um, it's this big thing. And Lisa is trying to say that it's not an angel and this and that, and it basically the whole episode uh, culminates around the fact that they feel like um, Armageddon is coming. No. And then as it finally counts down, then they reveal the angel starts flying and it goes right down to the Springfield shopping mall because it was just a ploy to get people to have interest in the shopping oh. mall. Um, so that's what they were referring to. Okay. But I well, think that was the only time. So maybe we'll have to watch that a little great. bit Great. Sorry about that. Nope, you're fine. Um, so yeah, so they, they run through all this nature and apparently the, um, animators and the creators talked a lot about this. They really thought it was important to show the nice side of Springfield because obviously we're usually seeing, you know, the nuclear power plant with the waste and Blinky the three-eyed fish and all these bad things that are happening. So they wanted to see a very nice, um, area. 
So once they do that, um, they go down and they see the lemon tree. And you see there are three kids dancing around the lemon tree, um, which is interesting. And that was a reference to the Garden of Hesperides, which is in the Tale of Hercules. Okay. So this was supposed to kind of resemble that. Um, obviously, as the show goes along, we start to see more of like Greek and Roman um, influence, which, of course, you know, Helen of Troy and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll move into that as we go. Um, so, yes, we see this tree, beautiful lemon tree up on a hill and everything, and the kids are, you know, really excited to go up to it and this and that. And this is where we meet the boys from Shelbyville. Oh, my God. And so Bart is there, and he's there with Millhouse, Database, whom I understand is Matt Groening's least favorite character for some reason. I can see why. Yes. Um, Nelson is there. And who else? Todd was there. Martin. And Martin. Yes. And they're all kind of gathering around and they're having these discussions with these boys. And of course, they're going back and forth. And um, they're hurling insults back and forth. And the one... uh, boy says to bart something about him being a garbage man and bart says i know you are but what am i and he goes a garbage garbage man man. he goes i know you are but what am i a garbage man i know you are but what am i a garbage man um and there are a lot of similarities between the groups of boys yes and there's a lot of similarities between the parents and the Mm -hmm. residents of shelbyville versus the residents of radical that's my thing i say radical which apparently he never said, ever, into the episode leading up to that. The creators <laughs> talked about that. Millhouse never says the word radical, so they don't know where that came from or whatnot. But still, a hilarious thing. We'll get into that in a little bit later. Um, so at that point, you know, they have this little interaction with each other and whatnot. And the, um, oh, and that's what the, the kid from Shelbyville, his name is Shelby. Um, there's only two of them that were actually given names. And he takes a rock and he throws the rock into Springfield. And Bart's like, that's a crud rock. And he tries to pick it up and he can't throw it back. And, you know, this and that. So they have this little interaction. And then the boys from Shelbyville steal a bunch of their lemons. And I loved this joke a lot was when the kids from Springfield start throwing lemons at the Shelbyville kids and says, they're taking our lemons and we can't spare a single one. But they're throwing all the lemons at them. (laughs) Well, I have a very serious question. Yes. What's root, what is root marm, which is what Jebediah Springfield? Yeah, good question. I don't know. Said to um, Shelbyville, Manhattan. Yep, which is what we're getting to right now, because mm-hmm. the Shelbyville kids run off with the lemons, and then for some reason, Grandpa's sitting there. I mean, because what else is he doing? <laughs> and he has all the kids sit around him, and they all sit around him and listen to him speak as he talks about the story of Jebediah and Shelbyville, Manhattan. And, of course, they're if talking about... I ever have to come up with an alias, that's going to be it. Shelbyville, Manhattan. Absolutely. <laughs> so, of course, they're talking about... Um, they're, they were moving in, and they're starting to um, colonize this area and everything. And, of course, as was mentioned before... The disagreement comes up over the fact of marrying their cousins. And yes, that's when Jebediah mentions the root marm. Yeah. And I've tried to look it up. And can't find anything about it? I can't find it. Like, 
it's some radishy mush, but like Springfield, of, of course, The Simpsons, it's just, it's not an actual thing, is what I'm trying okay. to say. All right. Thank you. All right. So then. Not that I know of, but guys, if you know. Let us know. Root Marm's thing, maybe perhaps go on one of our social media pages and let us know. I don't know. Um, so then uh, Grandpa finishes the story saying that in order to uh, kind of celebrate the founding of Springfield, they decide to plant a lemon tree, which was the sweetest of fruits that they had available at the time. <laughs> Um, so they plant the lemon tree, that scene kind of ends, now we see the kids there in school, they're trying to learn about Roman numerals, and, um, as they're learning about the Roman numerals, Nelson comes running in, which I don't know why he wasn't in class, but he comes running in and says, quick, come, or come quick, something has happened, and there's no time to explain. So all the kids jump up. I said there's no time to explain. Out of the classroom, and Mrs. Krabappel basically says, Oh, no, children, please don't leave. If you do, you won't learn about Roman numerals. And how will you find out about copyrights for movies? <laughs> and and then as she realizes all the kids are gone, she goes, Well, I tried. And clearly doesn't care at all. Um, so, yeah, so the kids are running away, and as Corey mentioned, um, they're running, and Nelson stops to take a drink, and they're like, Nelson, what's going on? And he says, I told you, there's no time to explain. But yes, of course, <laughs> he has time to stop, take a drink in a water fountain. So they continue to run, and they find out that the lemon tree is gone. Um, so once the lemon tree is gone, and they realize the lemon tree is gone, they see that it, you know, kind of goes into Shelbyville, that's where the tracks are heading, and things like that. So at this point, Bart gets very upset, and he just starts. He decides that he's going to um, basically start a posse, and they're going to go and try to get the tree back. Because as kids, it's the backbone of our economy. <laughs> yes. And um, so he tells his parents that he's involved with tutoring. Toot on, son. Toot on. (laughs) Yes, as he's going away. Now, before we get to that, though, Bart says that because he mentions to um, Marge about how what she said to him actually... um, resonated with him about the town pride and things like that and he says we're going to get our tree back or we're going to choke their rivers with our dead (laughs) and yes at that point he runs out and um homer what does he say does he say i'm going to teach them a lesson or something like that and then bart and then marge says i'm going to choose to take that literally yes ed and homer goes toot on on, son toot on uh, so before they go, um, obviously he's got to put together his posse. So he gets Millhouse first, and Millhouse is getting camouflage on. <laughs> At this point, Millhouse puts on his camouflage, and he has a quick dream fantasy, a yeah, dream sequence fantasy, where he's being chased by the boys from Shelbyville, and, and then he, he just disappears right into, into bush. the bushes. And then he becomes the Cheshire Cat. Yes. And he's up in the tree. I'm over here, friends. No, I'm over here. I'm over here. Where am I? And they can't find him. And, of course, as a kid, I remember that, too, like putting on camouflage and thinking, like, oh, I'm going to totally hide from everyone. And you did not, not think that. The way work. I did. I did. I, I was young. You. I was very young. but You thought that yesterday. Shh. 
<laughs> All right, so Bart sets up his posse, and he basically, um, I thought this was great, when he's talking about what everyone's going to do, he says that he's the leader, Millhouse is his loyal sidekick, Nelson's the tough guy, Martin's the smart guy, and Todd is the quiet religious guy that goes crazy. <laughs> Which, I mean, is true. Yes. But Database was there. He, yeah, and he, I don't know why he didn't mention him, but yes, Database is a... part of the group. So yeah, he didn't have, maybe that was Matt Groening's doing because it's his least favorite character. I mean, with a name like Database, really what kind of title can you get in a group? I don't know. Maybe he's the tech guy? I ha- I had to struggle to find the word title yes, in my head. I, I noticed. <laughs> um, but before they go, they make a real big deal about crossing that boundary from Springfield into Shelbyville. And Lisa and her friend. They're just running back and forth, <laughs> flying a kite. Because <laughs> it's really no big deal at all. Um, but one thing I did notice, um, I don't know if you noticed. The grass is yes. different. Yes. So the grass is greener on Springfield. Then it is in Shelbyville, because the grass was greener on the other side. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, So yeah, so they get into Shelbyville. Um, As they're kind of walking around, they run into the kids that they had the interaction with already. And of course, the Springfield kids try to hide. And as they hide, the Shelbyville kids have a discussion, and they start talking about things. And, you know, um, someone says something about, um, I think I hear some noise back there. Maybe it's some kids that we should beat up. And uh, the leader, Shelby, who looks a lot like Bart, yeah, um, ends up saying, like, oh, we have to go to our lemon tree or whatever. I forget exactly what happens there. But they walk away, and then the one boy who looks like Millhouse says, radical. <laughs> and as Corey mentioned already... That's my thing! And the thing I loved about that is Millhouse is so angry. And he's just kind of shaking like he's going to explode. (laughs) And as he's doing that, if you look at Todd, he steps back. (laughs) Because it looks like Millhouse is about to blow up. And so I thought that was really funny. Um, So then at that point, um, we see Lisa getting involved with Marge, trying to tell Marge what's going on. The only thing Bart's teaching is guerrilla warfare in Shelbyville. And Marge doesn't quite get it. It takes a few times for Lisa to tell her. And then when Marge gets it, she says, Bart's joined a violence gang. <laughs> so um, so at that point, we go back to the boys. And oh. Bart decides to kind of break them up into groups. Martin and Nelson. Yep. Uh, what were they? Uh, Team Discovery Channel. Yes. <laughs> and of course, uh, Nelson is not too happy being tagged up with Martin and Martin tells him his little thing about putting nutmeg in your shoe and and Nelson is not too happy about any of that um, here's a hint chumps <laughs> so then we go back to the parents and the parents uh, Martin's kind of insufferable because he writes a little song about mm-hmm. him and Nelson being best friends sure and Nelson's does. like I am going to pound you yep and but of course Nelson just deals with it because they're both from Springfield. Um, so now we see we go back to the parents and they're uh, the parents in Springfield and they're trying to come up with a plan to kind of figure out and see what happened to their kids. And I love when um, Flanders says, "Oh, it's okay. I just called the morgue and they said they're going to fax us if the kids turn up." <laughs> um, so they decide that they're all going to get 
into Flanders RV and head over there and find the kids and see what's going on. Um, so at and this, wasn't it Homer's idea that they all get into course, Flanders RV? Because Homer actually says, "I have an RV, but it's <laughs> Flanders's," and they all go in and go to find the kids. Um, so yeah, at this point, now we see Martin and Nelson. Uh, they're kind of teamed up, and we see Martin um, confronting a little kid that was selling <laughs> lemonade, and he's saying to him, "Where did you get the lemons for this lemonade?" And the, it's country, it's country lemonade. time lemonade, and he goes, "They haven't made." They haven't used real lemons in this forever. <laughs> and um, so at that point, this kid's older brother then confronts Martin. <laughs> and then Martin calls upon Nelson. His burly protector, Nelson. To bail him out. And Nelson very reluctantly gets involved, um, but does uh, get involved and uh, pers- persuades this boy to yes, leave Mel- and, Martin alone. And then Martin sings the yes, song. Yes, sings the song about the about two. About him and his protector. Yes. And he's dancing around friend. and skipping. Yes. And Nelson's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yes, just great. Um, so then, at this point, um, Bart thinks he needs a disguise. So, <laughs> pulls out. Millhouse has a little disguise kit. And inside of it, it there is a wig and there is a scar. <laughs> that Bart puts that on his face. is the best part. That stupid little scar yeah. on his face. And the wig, of course, is like a Beatles wig. <laughs> so he's wearing... That's what one of the kids say after. Yep. So he puts on this disguise, and he decides what's he's, what he's going to do is he's going to get with the Shelbyville kids and try to, you know, intervene with them and, you know, see what's going to kind of going on. So he gets with them, and... As they're talking, the Shelbyville kids are a little reluctant. They're not quite sure if he's on the level. And so they take him up to a large cliff and they tell them, all right, if you're really from Shelbyville, we want you to write Springfield sucks on this wall. So Bart gets up there and, of course, he's doesn't really want to do it, but he doesn't want to you know, reveal who he is or anything. So he starts spray painting, and as he does, you hear the boys having a conversation about his can control and, yeah. you know, this and that. And then when the camera goes back, you see that it says, Springfield rules suckers. suckers. And then Bart reveals himself, and he's like, it is I, Bart Simpson. And they all look at him like, huh? And he goes, from Springfield. He's from Springfield, get him! and the thing i absolutely love this made me laugh so hard and it probably shouldn't um there's probably a lot of people that wouldn't laugh at this so much but bart takes the spray paint cans and he goes now to make my escape and he basically thinks that if he uses the spray paint cans they're going to lift him into the air like rockets yes like rockets into his escape and of course all it does is just spray paint his shoes green and I don't know why, but I found that to be just hilarious um, when he ends up doing that. And so how he does end up escaping is he grabs a skateboard and, you know, takes off. And then Shelby, who is the boy that's kind of the lead that looks like Bart, kind of goes after him. And as they're going through, Bart is going through Shelbyville, and that's where he passes all these doppelgangers. So that's where he passes Joe's Bar, Joe's Tavern. This is where he passes their elementary school, which has a groundskeeper that looks just like Willie, but a Except female. Except she's a lady. Yes, she's a lady. She's a lady. Basically the same voice. Yeah. Just a little bit higher. <laughs> um, and he ends up at the zoo. 
and when he's in the zoo, he ends up in the tiger pen. Uh. And so as he's in the tiger pen, he notices that the doors are labeled with oh, wait the a numerals. Minute. How he gets away from the Shelbyville boys, and I should have been paying attention to my notes, is someone says, hey, look, there's someone's attractive cousin. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> And they all look away. And they all, like, start smoothing their yep. hair down. Oh, yeah, because what ends up happening is Bart ends up driving his skateboard through wet cement, uh-huh. which stops him in his tracks, and then he has to run away. And then, yes, they interact with him. And then I believe that's what he yells out. Look, there's someone attractive cousin over there. And they all run yeah. away. Yes, you're right. Thank you. Um, so now he's, he's in, in the tiger Yeah, so now tiger. he's in the tiger house. And while he's in the tiger house, he sees uh, the Roman numerals on the doors. Guess he should have li- listened to Kerbop. Exactly. And he sees that there's a note that was taped on a door, which you think that they would do a little bit better than that, that says um, every door contains man-eating tigers except for door number seven. And, of course, he's sitting there and he's trying to figure out what to do. We also forgot another thing when he's interacting with Doppelganger Millhouse. No, that's coming right now. Because when he tries to call Millhouse on the, oh, yeah, on yeah, the walkie-talkie, yeah. Okay. that's what I happens right he now. he had the wig on when that happened, though? Are you talking about the line that Millhouse says? No, I'm talking about... What are you saying? Go ahead. He was on the walkie-talkie with Millhouse, and um, he's talking to one kid, and, the ki- and Millhouse is listening in, and the kid goes, Okay, radical! And Millhouse on the walkie-talkie goes, That's my thing! That's what I say. <laughs> You're right. Yep, we did forget about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that's a good thing to bring up because, yes, that is a funny part. Um, so, yes, he's back in the tiger pen, and he's trying to figure it out. So that's when he um, contacts Millhouse. And as he's contacting Millhouse and Millhouse is trying to respond, the boy that looks like Millhouse has an interaction with Millhouse, and they're about ready to get... Um, they're about ready to fight, and then Milhouse has a little soliloquy about how, is this the end of Milhouse? And the boy stops and he goes, wait, that's my name. It's Milhouse. And Milhouse goes, so this is what it feels like when doves cry. And actually, Milhouse, this is what it sounds like Yes. when doves cry. Yes. So he took some uh, creative licensing, I guess. I mean, sure. Yes. But yes, I, I love that too. That's one of my favorite lines of the show is because it's just so ridiculous it just doesn't make sense then of course the boys embrace and they're crying and you know because neither now they've finally found someone that has the pain of having the name of millhouse so radical um so bart is trying to figure out which door it is so he opens a door at random and a tiger's right there he's like nope (laughs) not that one slams the door shut and he's trying to figure it out and what he ends up doing, which I think is great, because I think this is really the only time kids would know of Roman numerals. Roman numerals. Roman numerals is when you're looking at movies and sequels to movies right. and things like that. So Bart says, okay, number seven. So he recognizes five because he goes Rocky five plus two equals Rocky seven. Adrian's revenge. <laughs> And he runs through the door for seven, and he escapes. That's when Kaylin said, how many Rocky movies are there? <laughs> we said too many. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so now Bart is kind of off on his own. He's looking for the lemon tree. And another just brilliant joke. 
where Bart sees something on the ground. And he says, oh, what is that? And it looks like a lemon. And he goes, oh, look, there's a lemon behind that lemon-shaped rock. (laughs) They show you the rock first. It looks like a lemon, and then there's a lemon behind it. So uh, once they do that, then they end up finding uh, the lemon tree. And when they find the lemon tree, it is in a, basically like a junkyard. It's in the impound. Yeah, the impound lot. And um, I noticed that this was a parody to Mad Max 2, when they're all uh, circling around the tree and things like that. So there was a scene in Mad Max 2 that kind of resembles this, I guess. Um, But then at this point, so they're trying to figure out how to get the tree back. And the fathers, so the fathers from Springfield, end up finding the boys at this point. And at this point, this is when Homer tries to give them some long speech about how they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And as he's saying it, Bart says, but they have our lemon tree. And right in the middle of his long speech, Homer just stops and goes, lemon tree! And they uh, obviously realize that they have it. So at this point, the fathers try to get together and they try to talk some sense into the the father. Now... I think it was before this where Homer's like, I have to think. Let me get in the shower. In the RV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then as they're driving. He's taking a shower. That's, that's when they're making the plan. So right. just before this, because remember they confront him first to try okay. to talk sense into him. And then yes, then he starts taking the shower. Um, so they go down to the uh, the impound lot and they try to talk to the man and try to talk some sense into him and everything. And he is having none of it. And just, it's obviously not going to work. Um, and he's not going to give the tree back. And so at one point, so the Shelbyville father says to Homer, you must be stupider than you look. Stupider like a fox. And then Homer tries to climb the fence. And of course, it doesn't work well at all. Um, I just remember stupid like a fox was a quote that my brother and I used to say a lot. <laughs> because we just thought it was ridiculous and funny. Uh, So we used to say that quote a lot. Um, So in order to do that, they have to figure out um, a plan to try to get into the impound lot. So this is where, of course, uh, we go to the the old uh, story of the Trojan horse. And, you know, the story of the... um, It was the Romans, right, that took uh, Helen of Troy... I believe. From the Trojans. Yes, from the Trojans. Because she was in love with... I don't remember what his name was, but... Achilles! Yeah, so they captured her, and of course they wanted to get her back, and, you know, they put the big wooden Trojan horse... Kids, go read the Odyssey by Homer, not Homer Simpson. Homer the poet. Yes. So they basically come up with their own plan, which is very similar to this. So the idea is they're going to take the... And this is where Corey mentioned Homer needs to think of an idea, so he needs to go in the shower to think. And what they come up with is they're just going to park the RV in front of the hospital and hopefully get towed and put into the impound lot. So at that point, um, as the RV is going away, you hear Homer in the shower singing. And they <laughs> park the RV right in front, and as they expected, um, the father from Shelbyville goes by, finds it, Um, takes them and brings them in so it's at this point you know of course it's nighttime and they start to come out of the rv and they're trying to figure out a way to get the tree and as they're going uh 
to try to get the tree. Bart is out there. Prince Paris of Troy. Thank you. So Bart She's is out also there. known as Helen of Sparta. Okay. Go ahead. So Bart is out there trying to find the tree. And then as this is happening, they make a little bit of noise. And the uh, father from Shelbyville recognizes that something's happening. And as he says to his son... There's a transpiring, which is my favorite thing. Yes, that was great. And actually, one thing before I get to that, um, the voice of the father was inspired by Walter Matthau. Oh. And the interesting thing is that, of course, when Dan Castellaneta first started doing Homer's voice... It was Walter Matthau. It was Walter Matthau. Yeah. So this voice was done by Hank Azaria... Uh-huh. And he decided to do his version of Walter Matthau. Ah. So just kind of full circle there. I thought that was interesting. Um, but yes, he says, quick boy, there's a doings transpiring. And they send the dog after Bart. And Homer's not too concerned as the dog is quickly approaching to Bart because he has some meat. <laughs> and he thinks, I'm going to throw it at the dog and that'll stop him <laughs> in his tracks. It didn't. He throws the meat at the dog. The dog instantly just grabs it out of the air and eats it as he's continuing to run not breaking stride and then he goes oh no quick boy faster he's got a taste for meat now <laughs> so bart does make it safely back in the rv they shut the door and the dog's face smashes against the door and does the little imprint thing yes. and i love that he keeps like moving his mouth yeah. and that that sound that they did was just great um so Obviously, they're in the RV. They have the tree at this point, and they're getting ready to uh, to get out. And as they're trying to go, uh, the father is, you know, pushing the button on the gate. And clearly, the time didn't quite match up because he presses <sighs> the button, and the gate is almost closed. And then, of course, we go back to the RV, and then it's open. And you know, so they didn't do a great job with the animation there. Poor Flanders. I know, but they narrowly escape. The RV is destroyed. Um, the, tons of uh, scratch marks all over it and everything like that so i shouldn't say destroyed but damaged very heavily and so they get away and as they're driving away probably one of the quotes that i've probably used more than anything on this show is when the father and the boy are on the street and they're the father is shaking his fist at them as they drive away and he looks at his son and says shake hotter boy <laughs> thought don't know why but love it just love that and bart says eat eat my shorts shelbyville and homer's like yeah eat our shorts and ned flanders goes yes eat all of our shirts (laughs) (laughs) yep oh just wonderful um so then at the very end of this oh and actually before we get to that so they go through and for whatever reason there's an arch to springfield which we've never seen before. And they try to drive the tree through the arch. And of course, the tree hits the arch, falls off the RV as they continue to go. Then they stop, and then we get that horrible backup sound of the car moving back, the the RV moving back so they can grab the tree. Um, So then um, as this kind of ends up, we see the tree has been replanted in Springfield, although it's only about half of a tree now because (laughs) the other half is all destroyed and damaged. And um, Grandpa is now sitting down with some more kids, and he's telling the story of the heroes of Springfield and uh, telling them how they got the tree back and everything. Then we go over to Shelbyville, and we see there's an old man in a turnip patch, and he talks about (laughs) the heroes of Shelbyville and how they banished 
they had terrible lemon tree because it was haunted. And he has all the kids drinking uh, their turnip juice. And, of course, they don't like that very much. Um, oh, one thing I forgot. The guy who was biting into the lemon. Yes, speak, speaking of drinking the turnip juice, another joke that I absolutely love is when Homer's trying to get the tree back and the Shelbyville father is not agreeing to it and he's holding the lemon and he takes a bite out of it to try to celebrate how wonderful this lemon is and he makes this horrible awful face because it's so sour and gross and just thought that was great um so then at the very end bart and millhouse are out there and millhouse asks if bart wants some lemonade and he says sure and of course millhouse fills the entire glass with sugar so that pretty much takes us to the end here um great episode um absolutely love it one of the best um again it's within that real sweet spot of when people really really liked the show um people feel like of course this was when it was really at its best and things like that so um just another great one um so before we go into our final thoughts of this episode and whatnot i was able to look up ratings even though brendan isn't here and so this episode was fifth or 55th in uh, the ratings for the week with a Nelson rating of 8 point, or Nielsen rating of 8.1. Not a Nelson Not rating. a Nelson. His rating would be, ha ha. <laughs> and it was the sixth highest rated show on Fox that week. What were the other highest rated shows? Well, back then, I'm sure X-Files was one of them. 902 and 0. 95? It's past. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what those shows were. However, I was able to find, for the first time in a long time, the number one rated show for that week. Was it Friends? So, 95? for the week, we friends? are talking May 14th, 1995. I bet it was Friends. So you think it was Friends? Yeah. It was ER. Oh. Oh, that was in ER's good phase with Anthony Andrews and uh, Juliana Margulies right. and George Clooney. Yeah, I get it. Yep, makes sense. So, all right. So, um, final thoughts. I guess I'll start with you, Corey. I, like, mean, <laughs> I mean, who else are you going to start know, right? with? Um, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. All right. That's it? That's all you got? I, yeah. It was a good episode. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, this is an episode that definitely a lot of quotes that have been um, said by me to friends, to family members, things like that. A lot of quotes uh, from this episode um, have been transferred to those particular things. So obviously this episode I feel like is one that I've always really, really liked. I feel like it's one too that kind of gets overlooked a lot. Um, I feel like a lot of talk doesn't happen of this episode. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of go into it. If you want to find out about Helen of Troy, you can watch, or you can read the Odyssey, but don't watch the movie Troy cause that movie sucks. <laughs> so feel free to visit your local library. Yes. A little plug for the libraries. (laughs) So, but yeah, and um, obviously the reason I picked this episode, like I said before, was the little bit of talk of Shelbyville Um, in our last episode. I thought it might be a good idea to kind of go into some of the background of Shelbyville and whatnot. So, all right. So I hope we did okay here uh, without Um, the kids. Are we going to do the fourth scene? The fourth fourth act? Act? Sure, we can do the fourth act, even though Brendan's not here. Go for it. What do you got this week? I want to tell you guys, if you are a fan of nonsense like me, there is a show on Hulu called What Would Diplo Do? 
And James Vanderbeek Dawson himself plays the DJ Diplo. And it's ridiculous. And Bobby Lee's in it. And he's full of nonsense. And I just love it. And it just, it made me happy. And unfortunately, it was only, what, six episodes? Yeah, five or six. Yeah. Which isn't a lot, but... But it's easily digestible that way. Sure. Especially with so many shows out there, it's hard to pick one, so that'll make it easy for you. Is that all I have? That's all I have. What do you have? All right, so for me, it was tough to kind of think of something, but I guess uh, I'll just give a quick shout-out here to um, Brendan's play, which will be going, or his musical. They're doing Beauty and the Beast, and it'll be uh, next weekend. That didn't happen yet. No, but I'm looking forward to that. So things I'm excited about. That's something I'm excited about right now. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I think it'll be a good time. And I know he's a little worried about it right now because he feels like, you know, of course, that things aren't going the way that they should be and whatnot. But um, any of the productions we've ever seen at his high school, they do a very, very nice job. Um, so we're looking forward to that. So, all right. So with that, uh, just a quick reminder, uh, feel free reach out to us on email uh, so it's come to this pod at gmail.com and get us on facebook so it's come number two this uh, twitter it's come the number two this pod and instagram so it's come to this underscore pod um, we'd love to hear from you on any of those uh, platforms, platforms thank called. you and don't just lurk yes don't just lurk and like guys say stuff to us or i'm gonna think you're a weirdo <laughs> And then also, as we mentioned, you know, quite a few times, please tell your friends about this. Feel free to give us a rating on, um, we are on iTunes, um, so you can uh, go through there, subscribe, uh, give us a like, you know, things like that. So, and we'd love to hear from you. So with that, let's close it out. Oh, are you pointing to me? I'm pointing to you. I'm Corey. Goodbye. Do good stuff. Be better at things. Um, How about be excellent to each other? Who the hell do I think I am? (laughs) How dare you insult Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves? Friends of the show, my I I had. What what are what's your goodbye then, smarty pants? My goodbye is smell you later.